0: And Welcome to So What You're Saying Is, I'm Peter Whittle. Now cultural history is very much on the front line during the culture wars we've been seeing over the past few months so I'm delighted that this week my guest is the author Dr. Philip Kisley who lectures in cultural history at the University of Leeds. Uh, Philip Thank you very much for oh, coming. great to be Thank here, you Peter. Thank you. I want to start with one very particular thing. You wrote uh, an article for Spiked Online recently, yeah. and it was about the statue situation, yeah. which obviously we're very preoccupied with here. Mm. But you said in it towards the end that we were at a sort of tipping point. Yeah. Can you expand on that a bit?
1: Well, um, I think what I was talking about in the article was the idea of history, and actually what history is, and simplistic heroes and villains versions of history, which I think throughout the summer we got, which were, you know, uh, narratives which were, which were racialized, which were identitarian, which were about dividing people rather than kind of uniting people. And it feels as though We've come to a point, I think, in discourse uh, and, and in intellectual thought generally, as well as the, 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 the broader culture, where we either stand up against that and say, actually, this is just too simplistic. This isn't our history. This isn't what, what our history is all about. Yes, we had the evil of slavery, but we also abolished slavery um yes there's colston but there's also wilberforce so the uh, the history of britain is 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 a complex and, and multi layered narrative um if we emphasize that that's the case and and if we take on this 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 simplistic narrative this identitarian narrative then I think we can push back and, and I think we can say, you know, there are, there are more and more people doing it. There are more and more people saying, well, what, hang on. You know, yes, we've, we've had this, this, this identitarian kind of discourse for a long time, but it is simplistic. Mm. Uh, but it's not only simplistic. I think people are beginning to see for the first time, well, that it's doing more harm than good. Mm. You know, if you racialize everything uh, in the name of anti-racism, you get racism because people are obsessed with race Mm. if you tell white people that they're inherently evil because of the color of their skin or their history which is linked to the color of their skin then that can't be good in the long run Mm. so i think these Identitarian tropes; these identitarian, now don't get me wrong, they're they're incredibly, you know, deeply embedded in 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 our young people and in our middle-aged kind of people as well. Um, they're there, but people are beginning to question them. I think, in a way, in a way that they haven't done before, um, and I think they're thinking about racism and, and how to deal with racism in different ways. I don't think people have got the answers yet. Okay, because you know, if, if if I was coming on here and saying, well, I, you know, I've got the answer to racism, mm. um, you 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 know, it'd be it'd be it'd be fantastic. But you know, uh, I think people are thinking, well, actually, this isn't working. Mm. And so, if there's a, a tipping point, I'm not, I'm not sure I like that word, but if 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 there's a if if there's a potential time for change, maybe it's now, mm. okay, and maybe it's people thinking about narratives that bring us together. I think, you know, Roger Scruton used to talk about that a lot, that, that kind of, that collective pronoun, the we. What what does that mean? Actually, what does that mean? The we. The we, mm. you know, we instead of I. Mm. Um, and what does that mean in a, uh, you know, in, in a nation state?
0: This, uh, you say that's embedded, uh, it certainly is. It seems to be intensifying though. I mean, in your academic
1: career, yeah have you seen it become more more intense it's always been there um it's in in you know i um i started my degree in the uh the mid 90s the early to mid 90s and then i did an m.a and then i did a phd um i've always been involved with with culture and and the performing arts and 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 acting theater television film Mm. that's 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 kind of my area um it's it's always been there um because that was the 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 period when it when it when it developed really i think the 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 key book that other people i think other people have come onto this show and talked about is is judith butler's gender trouble but there are others as well uh i think that came out in 1990 or 1991 so that was at the time when this this kind of thought the, the, these kind of ideas were emerging, but they, I mean they've been around in kind of various forms since the sixties, I think, mm. really. But they didn't have they didn't have the kind of currency they've got today, and they didn't have the force that allows them to take everything else out and obliterate, you know, everything that that, that stands in their way. Um, so. Um, when I started teaching, which was round about the nineteen ninety-nine, yes, these ideas were there and, and, and some of them were quite useful. But as time has, has gone on, you, you, you get the sense, and it's not just in academia, it's in it's in it's in the broader culture as well, mm. that these ideas have not only kind of expanded and become dominant, they're now actually sacrosanct. Mm. So if you you know if, if, if you I suppose like, like we're doing now and like you always do on this show, if you take on the identitarian kind of narrative, then then you, then you' you're, you're placing yourself outside of the mainstream now, which is ironic because these ideas started mm. as, uh, as radical ideas uh, as, as ideas that, 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 that were different. They still characterise themselves as radical ideas, but they are actually very much the mainstream, as, as, as we see, and again, as, as other people have said on this show, you know, it's, it's part of business, it's part of finance. Yes, it's part of education, it's certainly part of culture, but it's generally part of everything, everything we do now. Uh, we think in identitarian terms. So, yes, it's, it, it's become much stronger. It's become a force that is wielded often in a very cynical way um and how do you mean cynical well i mean if you if you if you know if, if you kind of if you don't tow the party line in in in, in some of these ideas then um then then you get cancelled and we see that all the time now i'm not talking about we all want equality and we all you know we all dislike racism and we all think black lives matter i've never i've never met anyone who doesn't it's not that we all agree on that we're all on the same page the problem is the method Mm. the problem is you're not allowed to speak because you're a, 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 a white cisgendered male and da 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 and i'm not allowed to speak because i'm the same you know and and i have all of this privilege that puts me on the debit side of the ledger whereas other people have victimhood points that, that, that you know and it's yeah. and it's this kind of mm. moving up and down mm. um which is used really cynically that that idea of privilege and victimhood is used cynically i mean we've seen just in the last few weeks we've seen um the academic in america who was who was claiming you know black ethnicity um, mm. To, white you
0: know, a white person who's a claiming, white person yeah, was, yeah. Was,
1: was, was claiming black ethnicity and and and, 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 and performing this mm. um and you know and you have to ask yourself why
0: when uh, in your particular discipline mm. i mean or actually in the academic world generally what has been the effect if you do not entirely go along with it if you make it known that you don't go along with it I mean, we're hearing more and more stories of academics coming under attack, mm. uh, either from the students mm. or indeed, you mm. know, from their fellow academics. Mm. I mean, is this something you've experienced? I mean, or, you know, or, or do you feel, uh, you know, in your particular approach to these things, in your beliefs, that somehow, you know, you're besieged, you're, that you are alone?
1: Mm. It's a really good question. Um, I could give a really simplistic answer. Um, I'm not going to. Um, I don't feel as though I'm alone. Um, I don't feel as though I'm besieged. But I do feel as though my approach to history, my approach to culture, uh, my approach to the performing arts is a an approach that is a, a kind of minority approach. Sure. So the way I deal with history, I kind of do not engage with identitarian jargon at all, and so um, the, the, the the currency of of academia is is the peer reviewed journal article essentially that's what we do peer-reviewed journal peer-reviewed journal articles so you know we, we we write journal articles that's our research we present our research in journal articles and books and and yeah I mean um my peer reviews um come back glowing obviously but uh you know when they do come back they um they tend to say this is refreshingly free of jargon Right. So that tells me a couple of things, right? That tells me that, okay, I'm doing something different, but it also tells me I'm not the only one, and I'm not the only one who appreciates this. So I'm in a minority, certainly, but I think there are lots and lots of other academics out there who feel the same, who feel that, you know, maybe there are other ways of, of looking at culture, maybe there are other ways of looking at relationships between the sexes, uh, looking at uh, race and ethnicity, uh, looking at sexuality, and, and, and doing all of those things, because they're all interesting things. We're not gonna stop looking at them, but if we look at them in different ways, then who knows, it might be more productive.
0: Mm. And if
1: we historicize those inquiries in, in, in you know, empirical, proper ways, then it really will be productive.
0: Uh, but, but how but how do you do that and what are the chances of doing that in the current climate? I mean the, the thing is if this is all sort of so sort of embedded and and it goes across all disciplines It's not just these humanities anymore. It's science, mm, you know mm. I mean, how does one sort of how does one say fight back, but how does one reestablish a different approach? When things are so embedded
1: well, I'm involved with uh, a campaign called Don't Divide Us. Don't Divide Us, DDU, which is a, a, a kind of broad-ranging campaign which came about after the George Floyd death and there are a number of academics, myself included, who, who, who are involved with that who say actually there's got to be a different way to deal with racism, there's got to be a different way to deal with with relations between the sexes. There's got to be a different way to deal with sexuality, um, and the clues in the title, I suppose, it's called "Don't Divide Us," mm. um, and there are a number of us, and 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 we meet every week uh, online, but but we meet every week and we talk about um, you know how we're going to do this, and and and, and we're, we're we're taking action. We're, we're kind of lobbying. Um, and, and we're thinking about uh, innovative ways of 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 dealing with the past certainly which is what most of us are interested in um, but also the present as well and thinking about how that how that culture works
0: how who's sort of involved in it i mean are there different political views yeah, um, yeah it's right. not
1: a, it, it isn't a, it isn't a left or right thing um and i think with 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 lots of this as well it isn't it isn't something that um you know people who are do i want to say anti-identitarian uh people who 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 want to problematize to use one of their words Mm. identity politics um many people probably think oh well they're 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 right-leaning and 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 maybe lots of them are but there are lots of people from the left as well who find the idea that um you know uh, you're only allowed to talk about your lived experience
0: what is lived experience what's it what's unlived experience isn't that the very nature of experience you know lived experience
1: it's this idea of standpoint isn't it so yes i think it relates in a way without getting kind of too complex it relates to the idea of categories of knowledge being broken down in a kind of postmodern way and so if you you kind of take knowledge as being relative, okay, rather than absolute, and truth as being relative rather than absolute, then the idea of lived experience is as, is as important as anything else. The idea of the subjective becomes really quite important. So that, the problem with that, of course, is that it can go absolutely anywhere. Mm. You know, my my subjective experience at the moment might be that you know you're questioning me too hard you're not but you know you're questioning me too hard and then you know I might think well is it something about me that that, Mm -mm. that's wrong here Mm -hmm. and 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 maybe I'm going to complain about you And, Mm -hmm. and maybe I'm going to kind of take that further maybe I'm going to try and stop you earning Mm. Um, you can see where it goes. I'm not saying that happens all the time and, I, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying there's there's nothing too subjective lived experience. There is, but it's how it's framed in a broader notion of knowledge, I think is 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 really interesting and potentially really problematic. Well, not potentially problematic. It is problematic. But
0: it is it's also very narcissistic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Everything is seen through the kind of prism of oneself. Self, and the the, self. Yeah.
1: But I mean, sorry, Peter. Just just to pick up on that point, because I think it's interesting. The idea of the self um, and 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 you know the the individual being at the centre of things is part of it. But ironically, the self is always subjugated to to the group identity. And the group identity is always the most simplistic thing, mm. so you know you're you're kind of you're grouped by race, you're grouped by gender you're you're grouped by sexuality uh, and and you know my sexuality is probably really important to me who I am as a person it's not the only thing you know my childhood is probably really important. my class is probably really important mm. class he said there with a very flat a <laughs> but um it <sighs> This
0: is actually class. Sorry, yeah. class with a long A. The, the, uh, That's this the is difference, you think?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's but the difference between us.
0: Class is in, entirely missing from all of this, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about identitarian politics, mm-hmm. when you talk about uh, Black Lives Matter protests, whatever
1: it is, class does not seem to play a part in this, does it? No, or it does in a way that is just an adjunct, you know. Mm. So it's kind of thrown in in a, in an intersectional way. It's it's one of those things. Oh, it's another ingredient. This mm. is a, this is another ingredient of victimhood. Uh, but I think I, I think class is, is is really important. And just to come back very quickly, I know we've already talked about it, but just to come back to the point about left and right. I think that's one of the reasons why. Lots of people on the left think that the, you know the identitarian turn has been has, has been a problematic one because of that very thing because it, it kind of takes class out of out of the system and out of the system of thought and and, and of course, class is really important, region is really important. You know, if you're talking about lived experience, then where you're from and your family and your upbringing are, are just as important as your sexuality and your ethnicity, I would suggest.
0: But uh, by, by saying, well, I would agree with that, totally. You know, your context, your physical context, you know, where you, where you grew up, where you're from. But uh, that would tend to, that would, someone has defined that, David Goodhart, as being a somewhere, you yeah. know, you're a somewhere or an anywhere. Yeah. In other words, if you're somewhere, locality means an awful lot to you. Mm-hmm. By implication, is by extension, the country means a lot to mm-hmm. you. Are you a somewhere or an anywhere? No, I'm a somewhere. Right,
1: I'm a somewhere. But I mean, I don't, I don't live where I was born and brought up. But that's you know, I, I, I can't because I, I work somewhere else. And and and. And maybe, perhaps, I wouldn't want to stay in the same place all my life, but I'm very much rooted in, in where I'm from. Um, and I'm kind of northern as well, you know, you can you, you can hear it in every word I say. Um, but um, the idea that uh, my past is important to me and, and my context is important to me absolutely kind of plays out in in, in everything I do. And, 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 and the somewheres and anywheres thing works on on various levels you've already said that about kind of nation, mm. but it it, it it feeds into the kind of brexit remainer debate and, and and all of those other things, which again you've talked about on this show an awful lot mm. um, and, and and I think it's important and and I, I think as well this is probably a bit of a generalization, but i'm going to say it anyway because there's probably something to it you know um, the somewheres are going to be much more conservative when it comes to identity politics and all the ideas around that and, 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 and the others, the, the, the anywheres, is that what you call them? Mm. Um, they would probably be much more receptive um, to, uh, to that Primarily because they're thinking in different kinds of categories. Mm, okay? mm, mm. So the self and, and, and the identity is framed in, in, in a whole set of different categories which aren't rooted. Mm. And I think that's the key thing. They are very much not rooted. Um, maybe race is probably the one that, that, that stands out there. But, but the others are very fluid. You know, They're, mm. they're, they're all about transgression.
0: I mean, you you are a, a lecturer in in cultural history, right? So, as you mentioned, you know the performing arts, mm-hmm. film. You've written about this. I mean, for example, we you know, you wrote about uh, the way that empire was treated in nineteen seventies drama, mm-hmm. *Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy*, mm-hmm. for example, I find, which I find fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wonder. Philip, where, where, what do you see? If you look at the drama today on television and similar, what what will it tell us looking back? If you were writing in the future, looking back, what will it tell us about the state we're in at the moment, or what will it tell us about our preoccupations at the moment? God, that's a good question.
1: Um, I'll answer it in relation to one show, and okay. that was. A Christmas Carol at, at Christmas. Right. I don't know whether you saw it. Yes, or not. I did indeed. Yeah, um, I I wouldn't ordinarily watch it, but you know, you're with family and, and and you're bullied into doing these things. You know, I'd rather go upstairs and kind of watch um, watch Man at the Top from the '70s or something. But um, so I I watched the show. And I, oh God, I watched about a good more than an hour of it. I watched about an hour of it. And and at that time, you, w- within that hour, um, the um, the Victorian kind of infirmary had kind of twenty four hours to save it before it was going to go. Mm. The tenement was was burning à la Grenfell House, and someone actually said, "For the many, for the uh, many, and not the few." For the many and not the few. Someone, the actually, the someone few. actually said, "For the many and not the few." So I would which suggest was which was the Labour slogan sl- tagline for for the, for, for the election. Right. So I would suggest that tells you everything you need to know. Okay, yeah. it's, we, we we have this kind of um, dra- not all drama, but but lots of drama. The 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 the, the, dra- the kind of drama that I that I've just illustrated is almost like a kind of um, a bad writing workshop for for, for second rate wokeness. Yeah, um, and 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 there's a sense that all of these things are just shoehorned into everything. And so, if there's you know political dramas, then then they're from a very definite perspective. If there are historical dramas, they're not really about the past. Now the um, mm. the, the historian um, E H Carr said great history is is as much about the present as it is about the past but 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 much of the stuff that you see on tv and much of the stuff that you see on film actually just just are not about the past at all it's the present dressed up in in fancy dress that that might be 19th or 18th century or or the 1920s but it is fundamentally now
0: I think people do feel that. I mean, you feel when you're watching BBC drama now, actually most drama, that in fact you're getting a certain message. I mean, with Christmas Carol, I thought that was a sort of landmark in that way for the reasons you've just said, but there were also other things about it. I mean, Scrooge himself was no longer just a curmudgeon. He was sort of like an arch capitalist. Uh, They dragged in the uh, the a collapse of a mine um, Bob Cratchit's family were mixed race uh you know and and it was just about everything and you look at it and think surely um if you write that if you want but just don't be a parasite on someone else's work from the
1: past I mean, I mean I mean there is that and that's I mean that's a really really good point but 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 the other point is and this feeds into lots and lots of research and, I, and I'll give you an example in a minute but the other point is it's kind of quite boring because mm. you know exactly what's going to happen and you know exactly where the you know the angles going to be the agenda's going to be and i'll just give you an example i'm, I'm a, on a an editorial board for a a a series of books and and um it's a fairly new series so we're getting quite a few proposals for, for, for books in and and i just read one the other day, and it was an identitarian take on, on, on horror, the horror genre on television. And I didn't need to read mm. The, mm. the, the, all of the proposal to know exactly what the findings were going to be in, 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 the final chapter. So there's a sense of, okay, you're going to do all of this research, but really, you know. Precisely what your findings are going to be. So mm. there's, there's there's not a huge amount of point in doing the research. Research should be a, a, a you know it's a, God, it's a hideous cliché. I shouldn't say it really, but a voyage of discover, discovery. You're looking for new knowledge, mm. um, and and it feels as though lots of work, not all. You know, I'm not I'm not kind of just, you're just saying everybody else's research is dreadful and mine's brilliant, but not, you know, not on a, not a, not at all. But it seems that you know, lots of research within the parameters of, you know, the identitarian, it is by its very nature going to come out with with the same things Mm. over and over again. Mm. And so for me, actually, going back to why should we change things and how should we change things? Okay, that's why we should change things. Okay, we know a lot of this. And I'm not saying that that, that some of it isn't true. You know, there is racism and there is sexism and we do need to change some things, but that's not the only story. If you're looking at history, for example, and you're only looking for racism, and you're only looking for sexism, and you're only looking for transphobia, my God, you're going to find it, but you're going to find it anywhere. Mm, mm. You can also find other things. Mm. You can also find other things. And and I think that's that's one of the, the, the reasons why we should be looking at other methodologies. We should be looking at other subjects, and we should be thinking broader. And, and lots of people are, but I think there should there should be there should be more people doing it.
0: You, uh, on this point, you know, the, uh, BAFTA, the, yeah. the British Academy, and indeed the uh, Academy in America, Academy of Motion Pictures, they have both adopted uh, new uh, criteria to get nominated. Right mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in in if you're making a programme or a drama or something, you have got to show certain things. Mm. Uh, usually to do with all along identity lines, mm. either in front of the camera mm. or behind it. I mean, this does this not have a profound effect even on the very idea of creativity? Is if this is what you've actually if this is the main thing mm. or rather if you're not gonna get nominated unless you do that, mm. then it entirely thwarts the real
1: idea of free creativity, doesn't it? I think it's a really good example of why a lot of this stuff comes from a good place. Okay, it's about, you know, wanting uh, equality of opportunity. But somewhere along the line, it becomes an absolute rigid kind of, um, you know, a, a, a rigid definition of equality of outcome
0: equality of outcome yeah
1: and i think those two things are very different things and the idea of equality of outcome i think you're absolutely right is going to impact massively on the kinds of drama uh that that uh, that we're looking at on, on 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 well on all media on radio on on television on film and and there is going to be all of these things that that, that we've just talked about so there is going to be you know a, a very definite set of issues that are going to be, have to, have to be addressed in every single thing you see. Um, and they're going to be, they're, they're, they're going to relate to um, the identities of the people who are involved. And, and that idea of flattening, that idea of reducing drama, history, culture to race, sex, sexuality, identity. It's all we ever talk about. Mm. And i 'm interested in it don't get me wrong, I am interested in it yeah. and i'm not and I'm, and I'm not entirely against some quotas, but I just want the the field to open up mm-hmm. I want academia, I want uh, the arts, I want culture to be a marketplace of ideas, mm-hmm. and I think that's what it should be and I'm not necessarily sure it is at the moment
0: well I don't think it has been for quite a long time, yeah. actually, particularly in britain um, the, the point is, you know, you say that these things dominate now. And I think people pick it up. They, they pick it up in the simplest things. And this this goes with the BBC, actually. Mm. You know, people think BBC bias is about the news. It's actually not. It's, it's about the assumptions behind their drama and mm-hmm. comedy mm-hmm. and everything. If you look at what the stage we're at at the moment, we've had COVID. We've got theatres that are dark. We've got movie theaters are not doing very well mm. um, we've had that and then we've had the Black Lives Matter thing and then we've had this cultural onslaught mm. I mean you know when we emerge from this whatever you know whenever we do mm. it's looking more and more distant at the moment mm. what is our culture going to look like I mean you know will it be just drenched as I think it will be in identity politics even more I mean you know, if you're a cultural historian and you and you and you also lecture in performance, you know, what you do, uh, what is the impact going to be of this extraordinary time? Do you think broadly?
1: It's a difficult question, um, and I can't see into the future, um, but I can look at the past. Mm. And what I thought when this started, and I think you know, I think lots and lots of other people thought this, and I think Douglas Murray's even come on this show and said this that with COVID, with something potentially so huge and game-changing, all of this stuff would go out of the window, and it didn't. Mm. You know, I think I think people have hunkered down, and 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 the identitarian impulse has, has become even stronger. Um, I, I would suggest. Mm. Um, I think we're gonna spend an awful long time coming to terms with COVID in various ways. Um, mind you, having said that, I would have said at the beginning of this year, I would have said there's gonna be an awful lot more about Brexit, but COVID came out of nowhere. So there are always lots of kind of you know ifs and buts around this kind of thing, but we're gonna spend an awful long time coming to terms with COVID. But if the last few two or three months or anything to go by, we're going to come to terms with COVID as COVID in relation to sex, COVID in relation to race and COVID mm-hmm. in relation to kind of gender. Mm-hmm there are lots and lots of other stuff in between, which arguably is probably more important in terms of the culture at large, what is gonna happen there. And my guess is very few people will take that on. Mm. Because that's actually really, really complex, mm. right? How, how are we going to kind of interact with each other in a year's time when for the let's say for for for, for most of, of, of the this year we've been um, we've been interacting primarily on screen. Mm-hmm. That's really going to impact on, on our relationships with people, on our relationships with places. I mean we're in central London here and I just walked through central London. It's still quiet. It's still quiet.
0: Oh it's like a ghost town yeah. actually. Mm. So
1: all of those things which which relate to culture, which relate to the economy, but which relate to us as people, mm. and us as three-dimensional living beings, are really important things to come to terms with. And and my fear is that we're just gonna go down the same old rabbit holes again. Mm. Um, and so if you ask me what's gonna happen, I think that's gonna happen.
0: But then also it's the saying is, go woke go broke and this is the problem is that if people do this sort of more and more that basically the arts will gradually make themselves kind of irrelevant mm. you know the performing mm. arts is that there is a problem there isn't there
1: well there's a there's a, there's a campaign at the moment to defund the BBC yes, yes. Um, and that is gaining traction. I mean, five years ago, you 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 never would have given that at the time of day. You would have thought, okay, yeah, a few cranks. Now, it's actually a serious proposition. Isn't oh it? yes, it will happen. I think because the, the 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 you know the the national broadcaster doesn't really speak to uh, the vast majority of people who are, I would suggest, fairly socially conservative. You know, the people who went. Especially the people who went, the the Red Wall voters, who then went over to the Conservatives in in, in December 2019. I would suggest they're fairly socially conservative. I would suggest many of them, without uh, generalising too much, but I would suggest many of them are Brexit voters. Um, Many of them love their country, I would suggest, as well. Um, and I don't think the BBC speaks for them at all. So so the idea of go woke, go broke, the idea that, you know, a, a relatively small percentage of, of, of people who have a lot of power, there's another word that they like, uh, and, and who kind of dominate the institutions are removing themselves actually from the voters so you might be right in the in 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 the sense that you know um the the elections might and 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 campaigns and lobby groups might have a say and things might change but i can't look into the future i don't know but it's not good
0: no no i i think it's we're going to see sort of quite big changes, not necessarily for the for the best but we remain optimistic. We do indeed. Yeah.
1: We do indeed.
0: <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on. Pleasure. And Pleasure. Um, all the very best. Since the campaign you mentioned, don't divide us. Is that open to
1: public? Yeah, I mean, it, I mean you can. You just go onto the website, and there's there's lots of information there. Uh, information about culture. Information about education. And there are some um statements there which 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 are probably kind of quite interesting so we we come from a position that says uh, we want to combat racism uh, we want to combat sexism we want to combat all of these isms and phobias but how do we do that how do we do that in a way that isn't identitarian how how do we do that in a way that doesn't kind of call on what Helen Pluckrose and, and James Lindsay call in their new book, cynical theories. How do we deal with the actual issue at hand rather than imposing postmodern theory on it? Right. So so I, I, I think, in lots and lots of ways, yes. Um, just just to, to go back to what you said, I, I, I think in, in lots of ways we should be fairly optimistic because because that is happening. And, and, and I think, I think you know, if, if people look at the website, you know, and, and have a look at what's going on there, they can get involved in various ways as well.
0: Right. and I think there was a, also, a Claire Fox was one of the signatories to a letter that "Don't Divide." Us yep. did, so, didn't it? So,
1: yeah, so 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 Claire Fox, uh, Constantine Kissin, who I think yeah. is your friend, um, and, and 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 lots of other kind of public figures and, and senior education figures as well. So there mm-hmm. are there, there are quite a few mm. there are quite a few interesting names there, um, and I think it's a really it's a really exciting it's a really exciting campaign. Well,
0: thank you very much for that. Thanks, very, Thanks much. very much. Um, that's it for this week um do remember as well that we have the campaign to save our statues which philip wrote about as well in spiked and uh please do subscribe don't you i mean we've actually had a huge uh response to i'm very pleased to say Saveourstatues.org.uk, and uh we shall see you next week so thank you very much